Hello, and welcome to the No Good Poetry Podcast. Each week, we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of poetry. This is episode 19 with Joseph Bievenu and Joseph Makos. This is the good, bad, and the ugly, isn't it? Some ugly shit out there, kids. Let's make the world safer for poetry. So as I said earlier, I was proposing that this should be the uh, No Holds Barred version of the episode 19 of the Yeah, so this is, you know, this is episode 19 and, you know, we've been been keeping this going a little while. Okay. uh, But we're kind of been, I guess, kept ourselves as hosts a bit behind the, behind the veil that maybe we might want to talk a little bit about our own poetry projects a little this episode. Yes. And I'm going to tell you some secrets about (laughs) poetry practice on this episode. Just a little bit about practice and how I look at poetry and how I look at myself. But I'm going to read from you. I'm going to read for you a couple poems from my submission uh, to the 25th anniversary UNO alumni anthology. So this is alumni of the... Just in general, is it specifically MFA specifically the MFA program, but yeah. not specifically the twenty fifth yeah, anniversary. Okay, twenty so. fifth anniversary of the MFA program. Yeah, not UNO. just low res or whatever. Just yeah, like yeah, graduation. You know, we gradu- I graduated from University of New Orleans in two thousand six. I believe from the low res program, there were only four or five of us in the entire program that graduated spring of two thousand six. <laughs> right. That yeah. was a very precarious spring to be graduating. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, but it happened. Uh, and here's a few. Uh, here's a few pieces. Each poem uh, is titled the exact same thing. They're all titled six o three w. And I should say for our listeners that they're all typed on some kind of unusual sized pieces of paper here. I'm going to read them first and then talk about them yeah. after. 603W GHY sense JUI star lido HGT percent FRDE SU number SW money sign RFG star IJY open the ear poke July and yit percentage open the ear IKJ and YGF money sign ESW money sign ESA percent RU and YHGR money sign EU sent YHG star IKJ star UYT R money sign ES percent TRD. Six zero three W and you. Oak look and at percent or d percent and oak 
money sign eds at number we close quote oi star ju and y star iui close quote oich money sign and number star i j lop close quote number eds at was money sign t percent r open quote star uh got to cent percent so those are just some unreadable <laughs> they're they're actually concrete poems uh, that I decided I thought would read on the show today. I worked my way through sort of a field, and the, the way that I compose these visual pieces are I have this, like, swing line typewriter that's a, like, I think it's, I think it's like a swing line 8500, and it has a daisy wheel. Not too many people have a daisy wheel typewriter. This is a daisy wheel. This is an electric typewriter? Electric typewriter. Yeah. You got a okay, clip yeah, in the yeah. daisy wheel. Yeah. Got a, like 50 ribbons for it. It's like the best typewriter I own. I mean, that, that I have to say that, that it looks really clean compared to most typewriters on these poems. It really does. Like normally even, even electric typewriters, it's normally not, the ink is not that even on there. Yeah. It's, it is really nice. So what I do is I take... Uh, I believe there's about, right now there's five, six, seven, eight. I think I have eight typefaces for it, Mm -hmm. right? And what I do is I go through the entire daisy wheel and I create these little legends, okay? So they're in the order that they appear on the daisy wheel? The QWERTY keyboard. Okay. So I create a legend for all these different ones. Uh Uh-huh. And now the pieces I read, they they were these... They were these little bricks, what I call them, uh, of text, and it's just it's just four characters, two spaces, four characters, two spaces, four characters. It's a complete balsamic reduction of <laughs> of like this idea of just composing at ran- at random at random. Within that visual uh-huh. structure, so yeah. just know that it's some anti-poetry, and they're all po- they're all they're all titled six zero or six o three w. Is that the order of something on there, or six o three w? It's 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 basically a p upside down and backwards, an o which people always confuse for a zero, mm-hmm. a three which is basically a backwards e, and a w which is an upside down m. Did you buy so, it? So, well, I mean, you know, I think they're interesting looking. That's, thank but, you. That's, yeah. that's, my, uh, that's the success right there. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, I, I, I like the idea of those random things at times. I think it's, it's difficult. I mean, what, what do you think? Uh, hey, look, you can completely edit out my reading. No, no, no. Um, but what do you, so like, what would you hope someone, you know, Great you're, question. you're, 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 you're you said randomness, which is certainly true. Like, and that's that's an interesting, and it kind of goes with like kind of a. So, so here's what I'll do. 
I'll then take the keys that I created. Yeah. And I'll I'll look at the way that each each typeface is 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 typed on that specific typewriter. Yeah. And how clean it is. And then I'll use that as sort of like my field of composition to create other things. So now what I'll do is out of these sort of like initial exercise of doing this 4242 patterning. Yeah. I'm thinking of either compressing it or doing something to it to then to then make a f- sort of like a field of language and then I'll take the recta and I'll use those symbols on that basically crib mm-hmm. or the key to create another thing from it. So this so this is so like So you would use like say I don't know what font this look, is. Look, I'll, or I'll what, fully admit. Yeah. This is I, I submitted this is this is free writing. This is this is pre-writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pre-writing. This is the idea of this is pre-writing. And and this is not this is a concrete that's it. Yeah. All it is is an example of let me type some shit. And those key the keys are the real thing cuz the keys show us this really nuanced and really beautiful like look feel that it feels like letterpress yeah no i know i mean it it's is really double beautiful. stamped it's double stamped on this really you know whatever paper but so you're saying you're going to use the keys to make like a field like i did for when she goes down okay yeah but i'm going to do like five new books okay these. i didn't understand what you meant i thought you meant like you were going to use them to make Visuals like kind of just an unreadable field of letters that something would stand out that we would pick other words to stand out against. You or can something. do that. I that's, mean, I don't know. That's part yeah. of it. No, that's fine. You definitely because it's how like when, when as I'm creating visual poetry, I think what I'm doing is one, I'm completely losing myself, my ego and my mind, the direct like the front the frontal lobe, I'm losing like the, uh, I'm losing purposely intention. And sometimes I have a script with me. So like when I did, when she goes down, I wrote these very specific little blocks. Yeah. But then when I got into each little passage or paragraph or strophe or whatever you want to call it, I would, I would, I would create, I would create a poem within that single thing. And it would be a visual poem within one. But it seemed like at least, in my memory, in When She Goes Down, the concrete aspect followed the content of the poem a lot. It wasn't the other way around. It was the, the there were, you know, yes, it's a, it's a concrete poem, but it was following kind of the content of what was going on. It was kind of dramatizing that. It was dramatizing. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think I'll probably do that again. I want to do this piece that I've, that I've had for a while. I actually composed this, ple- this piece on sublime text. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just remembered, this is strange, we might have to edit this out. I just remembered that I don't have it on this computer because I don't have Sublime Text on this computer. It's free, man. I mean, I know. It, I just know, download I know. it. You're right. Okay. But that's kind of interesting because I've been, like, I was reading earlier today about people doing code poetry where they kind of. And I know Sublime Text isn't only for for writing computer code, but it's probably mainly what it's used for, where people like use elements of computer code in writing and in their poetry, which could maybe be interesting. Um, I would do it. I would do it. Here's how. Here I would do it if I could do just straight just straight HTML. Well, you could do that. Sure. 
what I would like to do with my, here's what I would like to do with the visual poetry. I would like the visual poetry to like, I want to create like a, a, like a, like a network of, uh, of, pa- of like, imagine this, imagine the screen is kind of like your interface and, and from each, from each sort of like a eighth inch cable, right? Like the way a patch bay works. Right. And you're like changing the, vol- you know, you're, you're sort of connecting these different channels, you know, through these cables so, so like, I would like to do a piece where maybe at, depending on where the cursor hits the field changes the way that it sort of, uh, the, 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 like the visual work mm-hmm. falls away from the screen and then comes back to the screen. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting, I don't know how, how, how to do that exactly. Well, there's, a lot, of, there's, well, there's yeah. a lot of visual, isn't there a lot of very like uh, cursor sensitive things we can do now with our. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No, I mean, that could be neat. That just sounds complicated. But that would be neat. It would be interesting. More like, 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 I want, like, this is like, when I look at this poetry here, this visual stuff, and we'll, please, uh, listeners, go to the website, go to, go to NoGoodPoetry.com yeah, so episode, but... and we'll have all this stuff on here. We'll have a whole compendium of it as, it's, I guess, first, first digital self-publication, uh, <laughs> but it's just it's it's five typefaces and I think I have three more. And it's just these really beautiful varia. Look how nice that one is. Recta, which is yeah. this specific, this like blocky kind of like computery prestige pica, which is very s- similar. Cubic cubic pica, which I is my favorite, which is close to recta, but the winner of the whole thing, dude, is OCR. Look at how dope that is. I mean, it is interesting because there are these kind of. Well, that one's very computery, <laughs> but um, it's OCR. But they're really nice font drawn for optical character recognition. I mean, most of these are sans serif, right? Didn't. And most of them are, uh, but they but the proportions are very nice for a typewriter sans serif, right? You know, yeah, they really are. So that's just one thing. I, I'm hoping to have a few of these books done. Actually, a few of this this volume for this uh, new new kind of like spurring. I have covers already printed for them over here on the shelf, and I'm hoping to have it all done by the time I head up to Cleveland. Hoping to come into Cleveland. And uh, all right. So when are you when are you going to Cleveland? The the uh, Bound Cleveland Book Fair at MoCA, the Museum of Contemporary Art. Uh, let's see here. Bound 2000 and. 18 at MoCA. They're just announcing everything, I think, in the next couple weeks. So you're going out there for this? Oh, uh, I am. Exhibition or whatever. I'm hoping it is to go up. So my, we should probably. Yeah, down. well, we should tell tell the listener that Joseph is from Cleveland originally. Oh. I mean, some people probably know that, but not everyone necessarily knows that. And that he used to run a reading series, performance series out of his his space there for many years before he moved here to New Orleans. Good times, Language Foundry. We were just talking about uh, Danny Kerwick coming to the Foundry uh, 10 years ago, last month. But uh, So yeah, so that's the Cleveland connection other than going for this. This, yeah. this is funny. What's funny is that they took pictures from the first year of Bound and they have us from the mimeograph here where we were printing the little D.A. Levy mini broadside. Nice, nice. 
and my little brother is in this back picture. Oh, my yeah. little brother. Well, my little. So what's going to happen is my little brother is going to come down from Cleveland with his car trunk loaded with a mimeograph machine. Shit. <laughs> my mimeoscope is coming, uh, which is a light table that's on a little tripod that you sit down at. That's perfectly designed for the mimeograph. You just steps. never. You just left that stuff with him this whole time. You haven't. It's in my mom's basement. Oh, okay. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's. Here's the truth, everybody. I got a big stash of mimeographs and printing paper in my mom's basement. And I got a printing press stored in a garage next to my childhood best friend's home in Old Brooklyn, Ohio. And we go up there every year and we come down and we bring a few little crops and harvest to see if we find all rusted up and rusted out and burnt out and unplugged. And we try to bring them down here in New Orleans, fix them up and make some good things out of them, make them good books. Uh, so. And what, I, yeah. He's going to come down. He's going to be here for so, Midsummer Mardi Gras. We're going to have okay, a week in New Orleans. Okay. And then we're going to go camp and drive up together. And go drive camp back on the up. Way okay. That's cool. And hit up uh, Bound. Nice. Stay for the Bound uh, September 9th. So I think I'll probably be up there for about 10 days. We'll see. See if it works out. But hopefully it will. And we'll do uh, last couple of years the mimeograph, uh, a little mimeograph pop-up. So last year my service was to have a mimeograph. And, it, I, and, I, and I took the side off of it. Uh, so and, and, see I, how, and I could yeah. spin the thing and show people how yeah, it works yeah, that's from, cool. just to, so they could see it open. And I had a bunch of mimeograph examples and mimeograph stuff on the so table. Some of our, some DNA stuff some of our listeners are uh, old enough to remember what a mimeograph is. But do you want to maybe just kind of briefly explain? We'll put a picture of it. I'll put a picture. But basically what? This is the technology for... Actually, I'll, I'll have... I will have... I will have a... We'll post a video on the thing uh, on the on the site uh, of me printing mimeographs oh, okay, yeah, with that'd the Gestetners yeah. at Irwin Block's print shop in uh, in. Uh, oh yeah, that'd be great. In, uh, yeah, Amalo, Netherlands. So you're gonna set up. So you're gonna do. Do you are you gonna do that again this year? You think do a mimeo demonstration of some kind or? I don't think so. Um, maybe maybe the way it works out. Maybe the way it works out is I maybe I set up the mimeoscope. Maybe I maybe I have one machine running on the table. You know, yeah, it's, it's nice yeah. for people to see the machine. Yeah. But I, but what I what I really want to have this year is hey maybe they don't accept me this year. Maybe I don't get in. Maybe I'm not. Maybe my work's not good enough. I don't know. Maybe I don't. But I'm hoping to. And uh, what I was going to say is uh, I I I want to have more books. I want to bring down yeah, yeah. the the stuff, the work we're doing in New Orleans. And I want to bring down some handmaids and I want to bring down some music books and I want to bring down some of the CDs and the tapes. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and I think what it's why it's what I was missing out on the last couple of years was really showing, showcasing, you know, hobby horse and, 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 you know, what's another word for press. Well, it's past back from the past, but, we still got broadsides, you know, and we have all sorts of stuff and little books and things yeah. and handmaids and I'm doing the speckle stock spray paint stuff. And yes, it's like, okay, we're getting off topic poetry a little bit, but not really. Not really. Because I mean, this that's is related, my poetry. Yeah. That's related. Folks, I feel and like it's... my poetry is making the making of the things, of the of the of the poems as like the book being the complete representation of the poem, like in its entirety. That's my that's my And opinion. so if we have any uh Ohio listeners, they can come find you at Bound. I'm sure we'll have some Ohio listeners. I'm sure. Uh, also, you know, the thing is this: is look, if they don't accept me, if they don't accept me this year as a as a as a as a 
as a uh, an, ex an exhibitor at Bound. What I will do likely is I'll probably go up to Bound anyway, and maybe I'll be up in Cleveland anyway, and I'll just uh, I'll just go and interview a bunch of poets. Yeah, that's a good idea. And check, for this and podcast, check out what's you know? going on. Yeah, it's the yeah. it's the it's the danger of uh, it's the danger of doing like the No Good Poetry podcast at the Bound Fair. <laughs> we could uh, we could really do some things. I could I could walk around with a microphone and just do a. Th Imagine if I just walked around with my microphone and like a mic with the cover, and in the in the yeah, in, in the event, you did a bound event, yeah. bound episode. See what people are doing; it'll be good. Yeah. All right. So what else? What else is happening? Um, in the world of poetry, we have oh, there's another couple little things. So, so when I went over for the Dada log uh, in February of 2016, uh, it just so happened that I went over with an idea to print at seven different print shops while I was in Europe. Specifically, Dada-inspired broadsides and poetry and mimeographs. Mm -hmm. And that work, uh, not all of it, but some of it, three pieces, are touring with the Type O Dada exhibition, which is this the great Type O Dadaist 100 exhibition, which is an exhibition of uh, about, I think it's like 65 or something like that, uh, Dada uh, printers around Europe. And when I was over there, these guys were like, oh, you're here for the typo data. And I'm like, typo data? Like, what typist, typo data is? What are you guys talking about? And they're like, oh, there's a whole exhibition that people are submitting for, art prints done in inspiration for data. Oh, cool. And three of the pieces got in. And now it's, nice. it's, I think now it's on to its seventh city. Oh, wow. In Germany. So uh, so they just take these prints around and So what they do, do is they, they've done is they've done a really nice frame job. Yeah. And they've done it so well that everything is like very like the whole exhibition is very like sealed like they did a really good job like sucking the air out of it so it so like no 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 I mean like actually so like, it's easy to set up yeah so it's easy they, to set up every it's time it's like yeah it's like this robust tight yeah like a hundred yeah. frame pieces yeah it's been in cafes it's been in museums it's been in exhibition halls it's been in university it's been in print shops set up in the front gallery of print shops it's been in galleries and so now it's in Hamburg Cool. And uh, if I translate this, it's basically just like here. I'll re uh, can I read this? It's yeah, funny. It's sure, funny. Sure. This is how it's translated from in, in in Facebook, everyone. And this is the post regarding. Well, let me just. I guess. I guess for the sake of being simple, uh, I will. I will translate the um, post that was put up literally one week ago today. The most recent post. Oh wait. There's another post. Okay, I'll just do the one that was done today. Uh, I'll do the one that was posted today. Okay, there it is. Nine hours ago by Mark Berger. Museum Piper Mule Hamburg's post. Museum 11 hours ago. Dada stays here! Exclamation point. Due to high demand and the... Typography leaves like it in the paper mill. Hamburg's so good that they want to stay a few more days. So the exhibition is extended through the 25th of August of 2017. Nice. Well. So they're keeping it at the paper mill. The, dot, the, the paper mill has decided in their exhibition space they want to keep yeah, it. Yeah, they want to keep it around. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. month and a half. So that's nice. So it's in Hamburg. If you happen to be in Hamburg and you check out the, uh, if you happen to be listening from Hamburg or Germany, go check out the uh, Typo Dada show. We need to convince them to do an American Dada exhibition. 
come come toward the same thing in America. Yeah, you think we could bring it over here? I don't know if it would be as popular, but it would be neat for it to tour America too, you know. I think it would be really cool if we if we, it was like maybe they pick the cities right. It would be it could be do well. Do we, 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 yeah. we do very well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should help make that happen. Yeah, <laughs> I've trust me. I've thought about it. <laughs> so I don't know. That seems pretty. That seems pretty. I'm pretty happy about that work. Uh, that's floating around and. All right. So know. that's two. That's two pretty pretty big things there. Yeah. Yeah, pretty big things. I guess uh I'm trying to think if there's any other poetry things. There's I guess it's like it's kinda of everywhere around here. So <laughs> it's you know, as far as personal work, I don't know. Uh oh I, I okay, so the third thing is just I talk about it for two seconds. It's like something I can't talk about, but I'll talk about it even though I can't talk about it. <laughs> uh so I've been I've been uh I guess I've been uh, let's see what's the correct word. I've been offered an opportunity to do a thing for, uh, do an event for um, this popular uh, drink, beverage, and cocktail festival that happens in New Orleans every year. Does it happen in New Orleans every year or does it go other places? It, no, it's uh, here. Well, it's, here. it's here every year. I, it, they may do it in other places no, I too. I don't know. But I think it's in New Orleans. Yeah. Where I'm going to be doing some live uh, creating of poems using a machine and paper and a ribbon that takes a ribbon. And uh, I get to go out to a thing and meet some people who are from somewhere and a bunch of people and write about all these little topics that they want me to write about and have fun with it and meet folks and, and, and engage with people and walk around and have fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm, I would be dressed up like I'm a 1920s paper boy and whatever. Uh, but that I get to do a thing during that. It's like the super secret thing that maybe I can talk about it later. Maybe I can't talk about it later. <laughs> but it's really like no big deal. It's just like kind of this fun, you know, opportunity. Um, thank you, Bill, uh, for pushing that forward. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. Are you gonna be writing a? Are you gonna be, are you gonna be writing? Today. Are you gonna be writing concrete poems for them at the? <laughs> I, I can tell you this much. Uh, I can't I can't tell you I can't tell you really what it is and everything, but yeah, I'll tell you this. Here's the best part about this. They asked for a portfolio, and so I sent them a portfolio of my visual poetry. Oh, okay, and they and they liked it. it. Well, that's good. That's great. And they're like, yeah, this is great. But you know, but of course, it's like, oh, we'll bring in some thematic content and bring in some things, and you know, yeah. so I'm gonna have fun with it. And they liked what I sent them, and they thought it was very playful on the page. And the girl was like, yeah, your work's really cool. It's like, you know, it's got a lot of movement on page. And like, we like this idea of like it being very kind of different and everything. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And she's like, just, you know, hold, hold, hold off any profanity or any raciness. <laughs> and I'm like, is, was my, was my like poetry sample that I sent her racy? And I think, I, I don't know what I, I, I gotta go back and look, but I don't think anything, uh, I don't think I don't think it might have just been a general comment. I don't know if it was a specific reference to what you said, but yeah, I mean, I sent them a bunch of stuff. I sent them when she goes down, so maybe they thought it was well. It's kind of you got a little a blowjob poem. You've got a little uh, yeah, double entendre in the title. Yeah, but yeah, cool. But yeah, so it's another little thing. So what about you, Joseph? Do you have uh, you have? I know you're going on some travels. 
I know you've got some, you know, things in the works. I know you're doing on some stuff with Jeff with uh, music, and I know you've got a, you know, a few longer poems that you're working on. Yeah, so I think, got? yeah, most of the stuff that I'm doing, I mean, yeah, we can get into some of those other things too, are all kind of based around the same series of poems that has been... And you're not allowed to talk about the podcast. <laughs> that has been uh, haunting me for... No, I mean, not... No, I mean, I like... I like the idea of writing long poems, and I've been working on the same series of poems that all all follow the same format for a long time, right? Um, they're all in... All of these poems are in seven sections, and they have... The way they were originally written, they had the same kind of lines with the same, the same uh, amount of range of syllables per line. So they're all kind of a similar length. And they're really dense. I mean, I think we talked about uh, Kenneth Koch's Sun Out a couple episodes ago. Yeah. And I've always really admired the, the, that work, how it could be emotionally resonant while still being really playful and being really weird. And I think that's kind of what I've always tried to do with these poems. They're not really like that. They're not as choppy in a way. Okay. But they're, but you know, they're, they're certainly, they're very dense. So I would say that both in imagery and in language. Um, so I think this really came out of when we did that poetry tour in 2011 is when I started writing these. With Edwin Perry and Connor Stratman. <laughs> Which was an interesting tour. We did a little road trip. We'll have to do a Where Are They Now episode. <laughs> No, but yeah, you know where Edwin is. <laughs> well, yeah, and I I don't know. Every now and then Connor pokes his head back out. Does he? Yeah, it's been a little while, but Dr. Connor Stratton. <laughs> That's probably what he is at this point. We'll have him on for an episode. Well yeah, we basically, you know, we did this little road trip around through the Midwest and Northeast, basically. And what we did twenty two cities in twenty days, I think, which was kind of insane. Uh, and did readings in all of these places. But part yeah, it which was fun. It was, it was fun, but it was insane. I think if we ever do that again, we'll maybe lighten the, the schedule a little bit. I think that was a little too many readings in What did we end up doing? Like, was it 12 and, 12, 12 and 11 or something? We did two in one day once. We did do two in one day once. I don't think we took a break. No. Well, I think we had a sm The only time we had a break, I think when we were in Pittsburgh, we didn't read. Remember, we stopped in Pittsburgh. We did. But we made up of it. I think there might have been two days we did two in one day. We did two cities in one day because we did Lowell and Boston or Jamaica Plains in one day. We did. And then, but we also did double readings in a couple cities, I think. Like we did two readings in Ithaca, I think. I'm sending. I'm sending right now an important message <laughs> to our friends in Chicago. And I'm asking KG Price, do you still have the mini DV of our ball hall show? Oh, yeah, that'd be cool to see. Because that would be cool yeah, that to bring cool that cool out, you know, and see it after these many years. But we had this idea, I think, originally that we were going to write a collaborative poem to read on this tour, which didn't kind of work out. Although we ended up doing a different collaborative thing with all four of us. But I think my kind of long poem for, form for these came out of that originally. You mean the one time we tried to do it in the back of that poetry place in Brooklyn, in, Michi in New York City, 
and Connor accidentally tripped over the cord and knocked my projector over. <laughs> well, he did do that. But no, we ran it multiple times on that no, to- right. tour. We did. Um, sometimes it worked better than others. But we originally were just us two going to do one. And I think we had come up with these kind of constraints. And that kind of is where I think I started writing these out of. So I had written one, I think, before the tour began. Or I had written what I thought was going to be part of another poem, but it became its own poem. And then I wrote another one on that tour. And then I've been doing them ever since. And I like the format. There were two problems with it, though. <laughs> Which well, ones? One is um, they take a really long time to write because they're really dense, like I said. Uh, but the other problem is I've just I really enjoy reading them live, and I think they go over well when I read them in a reading. But I never was happy with how they looked on the page. Okay. So this actually, you know, leads to, to the other project. My friend Nathan Hawks and his wife, are, they have their press um, convulsive editions, and they're doing a chapbook of three of these longer poems. Okay. Um, and as I was thinking about that, I really just was never happy with how they were read on the page, and I felt like there was something else that needed to happen. So I I turned them into these visual poems. Uh, they're more like kind of in the vein of like Apollinaire's Alcohols or something, right? They weren't made to be visual poems initially, but I took the took the poems and put them into these shapes. But I really like what it does, both because I think it's interesting visually on the page, but I also think it changes how they're read, Okay, um, which is nice. I think it slows things down a little bit, and sometimes there's a little work that has to happen to see where you're going to go next on the page. I think it maybe makes the density a little more useful and a little more easy to deal with. So I don't know. So that should be coming out soon. Um, He's doing, you know... He's doing a nice letterpress cover for it, uh, and so that should be that should be cool. And I'm going to try and do some readings for that. Cool. When that comes out, that's been my main thing. But I'm trying to keep going with those. I have six of them written. I maybe want to write one or two more, and then I think for a fuller collection, I'm going to do some less dense poems in between kind of tying them together, I think is, is where I want to go with that. Okay. But I haven't entirely figured out what I'm doing with that. Um, yeah. And, but they're really, I think I like reading them. And like you said, tell you know, about the shelf life on these poems, the shelf life. Yeah. Like tell me a little bit about how the transition has gone from when you first started them. Like well, how many, yeah. Did, did they go through like, they go through like, well, I mean, I started it in 2011. We're now okay, in so 2017. Because so um, it takes almost a year, you know, I don't know, some are faster than others, but some of them have taken as long as a year to really finish, unfortunately. But that's just the nature of them, and I don't think you can always control that. And tell us about your process. The process? Well, there's a lot of things that go into that process, but I think always for me, in all of my poems that I've written, but particularly with these, my one of my favorite things to do is just carry around a notebook and uh, write things kind of piecemeal and then later kind of st- stitch them together. And my favorite thing to do, which I hadn't gotten to do in a long time, but I actually, I think last time I met with you, uh, I did this. My favorite thing is to just sit in a, sit in a bar and observe what's going on and write things down. And I think what, 
we oh and we met when we met to talk about that design work we were doing last time when I left I needed to kill some time before I met someone else and it was I was walking around in the quarter and it looked like it was going to rain and I got to the R bar just in time sat down on the R bar nice afternoon it was raining which kind of drove some people into the bar but it kept just the fixed amount of people were there I just think it I mean to me it's one of the most best places to sit there and just come up with things because You've got you get to overhear and see what everyone else is doing and their little interactions that they're having, and then they're also just really environments where there's lots of visual things going on to to pull from. So I really like just doing that and filling notebooks, and then I'll sit down with that notebook later and be like, okay, let's make this into something that's a little more tied together into something thematic. But but to me, it's easier to not worry about that when I'm coming out coming up with those ideas and coming up with those images. I'd rather them just be these little things that spark out on their own originally, and then I can tie them together. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, no, I mean, that's my favorite thing to do. I don't always get to do that, but not only bars. I mean, I like doing that outside, too, a lot. Like, I like going by the river and doing that as well as one of my other favorite places to do that, which, again, sure. different way, but there's just a lot of stimuli there to, to deal with and to, to, to make you think about things uh, and jump off of. But yeah, but yeah, I've been I've been like you said with Jeff Pagano, who has been on here many times, our musician friend. Um, I've been reading a lot of these with him performances. I, they work really well right over music, I think. Um, Very cool. And he likes doing that. What's the setup usually when he's playing? Well, it's varied from everything. Let's to, talk about it. A little yeah. Bit. Um, well, we just did. I guess we could say that we yeah, just we just, did a show just did one not too many days ago at the old Araby Bar. <laughs> <laughs> we did a show out in a bar in Airbnb. So, still smoke. But yeah, I don't know how you would even describe this, especially if you've not been to New Orleans. But old Araby bar. I mean, this is an old school kind of bar. It's basically like a little shack. It is a shack. <laughs> in the inside of the shack of the bar is this is a foam. They they foamed the roof. <laughs> they foam they insulated painted, the and inside they of it brown. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like foam insulated brown you know it's like it's 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 a bare bones kind of bar but it's got a nice feeling to it you know it wouldn't take much to put up a couple of fake stalactites is <laughs> no, that the stalactite yeah. the stalagmite is comes <laughs> up in the bottom i, I always forget which one is which comes yeah. down from the tight i don't know but it's a funny place and it's in araby which is a funny place which is a funny place so i think maybe people know a little and bit was, about Shalmet from the the stories of Hurricane well, Katrina. Araby is like between between downtown New Orleans and Shalmet, but it's right right. It's you know more on the Shalmet end of things, yeah. but Just it's a different. Few, it's different from Shalmet. Too. Little history lesson, uh, trivia lesson, uh, trivia tidbit. Actually, not not a block away or yeah, one block away from where the old Araby bar is, used to be a highlight club. Look, that's back crazy, in the nineteen twenties. And it was the end of the desire line. So you could take the streetcar all the way down to the end of the line. Yeah. And you could no, take cabs crazy, you could take... cabs back to the levee. And there was a highlight club and another club across the street from each other, three clubs. And it's this infamous session where Huey Long signed a charter from the rooftop of the Roosevelt <laughs> Hotel and 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 with signed an executive order or something where he didn't get the permission from the from the from the 
the Senate or whatever he had. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, you can like mayors can do this like late session shit where they can demand they can ask for an executive order and whoever's on the floor if he gets two third vote he it passes. Yeah, yeah. He didn't do, but it's a simple formality. But he didn't do. But he that. didn't do it. And it was it was I it had something to do with with sending these uh, police squadrons. NLPD squad to the highlight club, like just no, just like down to places and like arrest yeah, these yeah, people and yeah. put them in jail. And, and there's a story that is uh, the um, it, I, from the Times Picayune. It talks about the, when the report when the when the photojournalist from the Times Picayune went down there in the back of a squad car and he jumped <laughs> out front and he tried to get he got into the the uh, he got into the place before the cops got in there and he started taking pictures and then the cops came in. And they beat him unconscious. The, the people in the, the people in the club beat him unconsciously. <laughs> they almost killed him. Unconscious, I hope, not unconsciously. <laughs> yeah, they killed him. They beat him unconscious. Wait, what if it was unconsciously? Well, that's a whole different story. But yeah, Araby is an interesting place, right? But the old Araby bar, and well, it's also the other interesting thing about it is it's right. On the levee by the river over there. As I like to say, in the shadow of Big Sugar. <laughs> well, yeah, it is right by the sh- sugar refinery. Um, that's the other funny thing about Araby and Chalmette, right, is there's all these refineries, chemical plants, all this. There's just this row of of all of this stuff. But, yeah, so we, we did a little – our friend Jeff was doing a music show there. They've been trying to book more musicians there. Um and he had what two violins? So a he played piano. He played piano, and he played electronics. And he had uh, there was Julie O'Dell was playing her guitar. Yeah, but I was and trying to remember who was singing with Joe, him. He had two violins, Joe, I know, because he had yeah he had McGinty. McGinty was there, and he had Molly DeCoste. Yeah, violin. Susan Miller. Oh, and and cello. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or was it on, was it viola? I thought it was cello, but maybe I'm wrong. So yeah, so you know, we had this little interesting little group, and he asked us to read as well. So uh, there were late night guests. There were late night guests. Well, there were just like all these like late night people. Oh yeah, there's a lot of people in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I don't know if they totally knew what to make of it, but. It was a fun time, uh, and well, I think they knew what to make of it. The, the guy, the guy with the yellow mohawk, right? The guy with the yellow mohawk came over and set me straight on the on the soundboard, kind of. And he's like, "Look, it's all pretty much set up like this. Got four mics running hot, blah blah blah." He's like, "Just telling me how's it going." He's yeah. Like, he's like, "And hey, we like having you here." He's like, "You might want to consider paying ten dollars a month." He wanted you to join the join club. the old yeah. Arabic club. The no, they social club. And it's, and he's I'm like, not I'm trying just to do say yeah. Hundred dollars a year. <laughs> you got to come once a month. They have a meeting with the gavel and everything, and then they have a party where they eat and you drink, and it's ten bucks a month. And their 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 seal had some kind of mule on it or something, as I recall, some kind of angry mule. Angry mule. I don't know if that's quite accurate. There was but. an angry mule kicking the center of the logo. <laughs> I didn't take a picture yeah. of the logo. But, I, but we... Uh, no, so but it was a fun time. No, I'm, and I'm not saying they didn't enjoy it, but I, I, I don't pre- think that was the type of music that normally gets played no. there. 
Uh, but, but that's look, the best stuff, but right? Look, I had the projector going. We had lights. We yeah. had color gels. And it was fun. And uh, and uh, we probably played there. We probably They probably played until after 11. Yeah, it was a pretty long show. And, you know, we closed out the bar. And, you know, look, she was happy because basically she she we were able to play and keep the crowd that was there there for yeah, another yeah. hour yeah a little longer than they okay, would have been and there in were there. people still, yeah. and other people lingered yeah and there were other people in there so it's evening music on sunday at the old Arabi bar and it was um, like, there's been a lot of bands playing there it's 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 great but also i mean i i like it's it's a weird thing and sometimes i worry jeff pushes poetry a little too much in his shows but it's but it is nice to I mean, Jeff is definitely bringing a type of music into places where they don't normally get it. It's nice to do the same thing with poetry, too, I think. Get to bring it into a place where it doesn't often get to exist, right? Uh, You know, I mean, I guess we talk about that a lot, but I mean, it's kind of a... A lot of people just forget poetry exists, I think. I don't think it's that they really dislike it or they have a weird idea about it, maybe, but if they see it, happening in in a in an alive situation i think a lot of people find it interesting at the very least where you know they wouldn't wouldn't get to see it otherwise yeah so that's good and that was a fun show but yeah and we so you know i've been i've been a lot of times these shows with jeff it's always in uh some kind of interesting interesting places right um you know the 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 wonderland thing has been happening a lot uh, yeah, there's talk right now. It might be uh, uh, there. Might, there might be some shows coming up. There's it's, it's looking like uh, we got confirmed again for the thirtieth. Okay, I don't know if this episode won't be out uh, by this time. I, I don't think, but we got confirmed again at the yeah, Larrabee okay. Bar for the thirtieth of oh, so of July. Go back again for that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Thirtieth, and then uh, we're going back for the thirtieth with a whole different setup. And then uh, maybe a show at, uh, at a Saturn Bar. At cool. The end, at the end yeah, of August that's great. With the conductor for the French uh, Mary Opera House, and doing some, you know, uh, remix uh, conductions of uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Elliot. Re- remixes of what? Of uh, what's his name, guitar player. He died. Elliot Smith. Oh, Elliot Smith. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So it's like this conductor is doing this with, with orchestra. Cool. And Jeff's going to be there doing his thing too. And there'll be another, you know, yeah. there'll be uh, some other people playing together. But I like how he's weaving in, you know, he brought Julie O'Dell out and like yeah. wove, wove that into it and some poetry into it and this like little pack of people. And it was like this fun little night out there. It was like, it really was. Yeah. I said yeah. to Laura or Megan, I said, uh, I said to Laura, I was like, wow. I was like, um, we figured out we figured out how to f- find something we've never done before. And then <laughs> yeah. And we had to go to St. Bernard Paris to do it. Well, yeah. Well, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And I don't know. I don't think I really have too much else on the horizon. I'm just trying to keep going with these poems. Hopefully that chapbook's coming out soon. Uh, but, yeah. Awesome. Well, so, so this that was a little episode. bit about what we were doing. 19, yeah. Uh, and we're going to leave you out here with 
some recordings from. Oh, so I think we're, we're, what we're going to leave you with is this is a recording from Wonderland, which is a kind of house venue, somewhat secret house venue in New Orleans. It's not secret that it exists, but you kind of have to know. Yeah. Know someone to know when the show is happening. But this is one we did a little while back. It's kind of like a music show slash artist salons. They'll often have artwork up by by local artists to kind of showcase some different people in the in the rooms of the house sure. while the music show is going on. And this is again Jeff with his furniture music ensemble playing in the background. Some of the same musicians, some different ones. Um, this I think this was a little bigger group. And this is me reading uh, one of the poems for that i think actually this is one that is not in the chat book this is the most recent one i think prospects for nocturnal wind Prospects for Nocturnal Wind Among so many faces that a common glance ignites, a comet swoops around a spiral galaxy where cubes of light collide in intersections hostage by the angular mathematics of confusion. And fate citations spit out master tape inside a prison, substantial subset of this midnight shift is frittered half its hours inside, puzzling what mud puddles up to ankles indicate. Streaks of moonlight drench the remnants of a walking tour's urbanity, shoot from shoe to shoe and descend upon the pigment that a dirty fingertip once traced into a horseshoe set in the wood of the bar with horns upright to auger prophylactic luck amongst the scribble-scrabble names half-gouged with blades palmed from boots to make their marks then rattle drunkly on the floor in discordant clinks of metal apogees. Discharge accidental borealis off the scratch mercury of a mirror's miniature horizon. And if thunderclouds are pilgrims who scale the currents of the air like impossible ascensions of an alpine trail, perhaps the infiltration of a tiny Carthage in the nostrils sends out sparks into a memory of a somewhat loved but also hated personality. Can the Lord hear bony wrist cock, tendons tense in some anticipation of a skillful assemblage of fuzz guitars, 
that inexplicably explode in cunning rescues of a renegade asylum sought by experts in the Persian cunnilingus of a sanguine stanima reflected by the magazine's sincere avowal of the keyboard's rap propensity for empire weights and other esoteric bric-a-brac of haute couture. When bar flies live too long, eyes expand and stomachs shrink and brains fall out of skulls and writhe across the floor like sea slugs who click quiet songs and skip breakfast like glass snakes coiled in gutters of boutiques and garnered cigarettes. The schedule for the buses posits paths and cul-de-sacs, but together hum a warm delusion of a not exactly hoped for practicality. Chat-up bouncers deftly sidestepped in the influence of a Balboa's close embrace. When even faces triple sketched escape the claw of fusiform black bears who wish they'd learned to dance on balls, whose toeholds trace the stuttering ellipse like decommissioned satellites politely pirouette while wearing astral leotards and dusting ashes from the grisly shoulder of the Ursa Minor. Spray cans spit out paint in loops upon alchemical steel fake retainers prowled at 3 a.m. by staunchly rabid dogs whose snarls are semaphores that punctuate an urgent slumber party beached on shipping pallet islands in the middle of a flooded train yard. Oh, to guzzle up the oscillations of the water circling through a wood skids covered passage, to inhale a paper string of flags swirling in the catabatic winds. Oh, the glow within each strand is the bioluminescent eye of some undiscovered fish whose blood could heat each shell from the inside out, whose lopped-off limbs pulsate the radiance of jagged scars and transcribe the muted melodies of river sand into the dots and squiggles of some sad composer's wild notation. Why the hydrostatic equilibrium? I tap feet to the pulse of every navigator's star. Brightness blips the white of whitest calcium in harmonic oscillations. Sea anemones swoop in plastic sex like albino bearded ghosts. It's too late to rearrange myself beneath the body's monolith. Be grateful for the voices trying hard to sing my ass to sleep. While my fingers count the beaded decades of the geostationary satellites. Agate bubbles huddled at the surface of my beer that one by one released their rigid souls to carbonate the air with tomorrow's broken laughter. Pop the intermittent voltage of the staggered larynx, overtones that cling to the soles of my shoe and slow my step to the iron skillet seasoning. Belt out beyond the tessitoras that engulf the delta's sonic reefs and tidal swells and storms of vague Hispanic prophecies. My tongue pronounces names, my brain is fought in tidal bouts, uncertain swarms of schizopho and jellyfish scarf plankton in a smorgasbord of landlocked lakes. Cold cathodes collide, short circuits sputter. 
You retreat into a cloud of agave silver needles, perhaps stutter one close step closer to the door. Appendages akimbo over every tasseled corner. Ball bearings bounce like protons off your belly and ricochet blue dust. Biology cannot account for polka dots and other ornamental adaptations. Fiery streaks across the ocean tide, the altitude of starfish kick a drumbeat with initial rapid oscillations, a shifting palindrome of twos and threes fill out the measure. An endless green band of salted phytoplankton rolls over itself to eat its own tail. It's time to pack up, fold the umbrella into the compressed wings of bats on a fig tree in a dark garden. Our flaps of skin are only tanned leather. The canvas with a fish you paint is monstrous white bulk of flesh breaking through the surface of a sea filled with ice. And you're in some air-conditioned shotgun with a complex configuration of box fans in the window that at night float green cotton and linen batiste an inch above your chest so nipples take wing in the moonlight. When we sip the earthy lagers of our hunger, we are not accountants of our own sadness. And we do not reel in empty lines. Every flat surface around us is alive with a gradient of light dancing in diffusion. The color you think you see is absence of the other wavelengths skipped off a pelican's beak. <laughs>